0: you Are feeling happy? Happy! Or maybe I should ask, are you content? Because probably in this time of the year, this is the question that we've been asking ourselves quite a lot. You know, the year is coming to an end. You had your goals this year. Maybe you matched your goals. You matched some. Some you missed. And then there's a new year, starting soon. And uh, usually at the beginning of the new year, you have New Year's resolution, you have some things that you wanna see happen in your life, to be fully content. And so I don't know this evening if you would rate your life on a scale from one to 10, if you're content, if you're fully happy, what score would you give to your life? Maybe a 10, 10 out of 10, everywhere. I want to get to know you after the service, please come to me. I need to know your secret. Probably there's some area in your life where you have a 10 because you had a great year and you saw breakthrough. But there are are other areas. You've been waiting for breakthrough maybe for years and still waiting. Maybe when it comes to business, maybe in your relationship, in your marriage, with your children. And you know what I recognize also in my life when I rate my life on a scale and I see I'm on a seven in some area, I usually have a, a, an idea of what should happen in my life to bring me to another level. I call that the bang. You know, we are waiting on the big bang in some area and this bang will bring us into a new level. You no, know, a couple of years ago, actually it's been long years ago, when I first met my wife, she was sweet 15. Ah. Oh teenage love. I was sweet 17. And uh, yeah, I know, I know. I'm, I'm 27, so just 10 years ago. <laughs> no, not. But my wife, I remember, she was, I mean, my, she was a teenager. And, and so during two or three years in a row, during the summer holidays, she went on a campground in France. And she told me that she went there to learn some French. Later on, I, I, uh, I went there to visit her, and the people actually looking after the campground were Swiss German. So. You know about French okay so she was there to do some work and so I went down and visited her over the, the, the summer holidays and so the guy who is looking after the, the, the camping is, is showing me around and he's showing me the campground and he's showing me the, the caravans and the pool and everything and to be honest it was everything a little bit old you know a bit wear down it was not so nice anymore and this guy told me all the great vision you know here you know I'm dreaming of doing this and that and all of this and renovation and new things and all the people will come and then I asked him hey but how are you going to do this and so he he took me to the side and he said I have a secret for you one day there will be a bang and then I'm rich there there comes the bang and then I'm in another level so that's why my message this evening is called there comes the bang There comes the bang. You know, there's so many areas in our life where we're waiting on this bang. We're waiting on this breakthrough. And we're thinking, you know, when this moment happens, everything will change. You know, this poor guy, he's still waiting on his bang. It's been 20 years and more. And so, you know, in our church, we have a kind of a running gag in our worship ministry. Each time a new song is coming out or a new album, new EP, you know, with the guys, I'm sorry about you, you look look great in colors, you know, like I I colored your life, that's that's nice. And so each time a new album or a new, new, new song is born and someone writes a new song, we look at each other and say, hey, when this song is coming out, there will be a bang. And so we're kind of, you know, when this song is coming out, then, you know, this is another level. And this comes from actually something that happened in our church 10 years ago. Who uh, was here when we were in the old Mark Hall? You remember still? Yeah, some of you were there, the old Mark Hall. We loved the old Mark Hall. And in 2010, we had an album recording uh, for a Swiss German album. Maybe you haven't really heard the songs because it's Swiss German, but this, the album was called Ooster Tüffi vor Mim Herz. Ustetüffi von m'im Herz. Say after me, tufi von m'im Herz. Yes. And I remember, you know, for us this album, I brought, I brought some, some uh, video footage and uh, you, you, you will even uh, see Dave like young as, yes, you can't even recognize him. And I remember, you know, we put lots of, of energy in this album it was for a long time the first album recording that we did live in the hall and i was responsible for for producing the album so that night i was quite tense when the things happened on stage i was i was i was in 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 the like in the crowd and I was like, are they really singing the songs right and all the things. And so I was, I was concentrated and then this lady comes, maybe you know her, Susan Bogenmann from our church. She's a great lady. She's like a prayer warrior. Like When I'm, when I'm grown, up, grown up, I want to be like her. She's amazing, she's a prophet, she's a prayer warrior, I love her, she's, she's, a, yeah, she's, she's a great woman. And so I'm there, during the worship, concentrated on everything that happens, and then she comes to me. And you know, when someone like her comes to you very close, you know, there's something important in the air. So I was there, she came to my ear, because it was quite loud, and she said, she said to me, Nick, when this album is coming out, there will be a bag. And I went back to our worship team and I said, you know what, guys, this album is going to bring us into a whole other level. Well, this album came out, and to be honest, over the last 10 years, there have been many bangs happening in our worship ministry. I mean, we've, we've grown, and there's new songs, and it's going from... from from level to level. So there's been lots of bangs, but the question is, what is a bang? What am I expecting when I think there's the bang and then everything will be different? What really am I talking about? And you know, interesting enough, about a month ago, in one of our staff meetings on a Tuesday morning, Leo showed us a voice message from Saras Barney. He's one of the pastors in Malaysia who spoke at our church this year at conference and different times. And he had an impression about our worship. So that was 10 years after chasing this bang, you know. He had the following impression on our worship. And so I brought you a short um, part of his voice message. So listen to Saras Barney. Uh, but the second type of songwriters and worship, uh, worship movement is that they write global songs. And um, I feel like ICF needs to write more global songs, not just movement songs. And um, one of the things is that you need to do that one song, that one song that really puts you on the map. Um, Elevation had that one song, Planet Shakers had that one song, and um, um, Hillsong, had, um, Hillsong had that one song. Come on, guys! It's just that one song. Dave, team, Tamara, it's easy. It's just one. Or do I have to start writing the songs to make it happen? I've been telling them, just one song. And he says, you know, the one song that puts you on the map, like everyone else. And I was listening to that in this, the staff meeting, and I was, it made me think a little bit. The one song that will put you on the map. And I went home that day and I thought, all right, am I chasing after the one song or am I chasing after the one? Because you know, we can chase after lots of things in our life, the breakthrough, the one thing, the thing that will change everything, the thing that will bring me into my destiny, into my purpose, into the things that I believe God has in store for me. And I've been chasing that for the last 20 years and I'm, I'm close to giving up because God doesn't show me this one thing. But meanwhile, I'm not chasing the one. He's the one who has already put you on the landmark. He has already put you there. And so, you know, when I was thinking about This Advent season, you know, like this season where we are going towards Christmas, there's lots of expectation in this season. Because Advent means uh, arrival, and an arrival always sparks expectation. And I don't know how you are going into this time now that you are maybe full of expectation what Jesus could or should do in your life. And when I read the Christmas story, right at the start, there's a little verse that maybe you haven't really read yet or you didn't take really as, as an important verse, but I think this verse sets the tone of this season that we're in. And we have here the wise men, they have been looking for Jesus, and we read in Matthew 2:2 the following, they say there, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? we saw his star when it rose and we have come to worship him so we see these wise men they've been looking for this king and they've come not to get something from him but to worship him so no, and when you yes so it's not the one thing You know, when you worship, you don't have your hands like this. It's not, give me, Jesus, the thing that I need to go to the next level. Give me this thing that I've been waiting for years. When you worship, you have your arms up there, saying, I have nothing to bring than just myself, and I wanna meet you, God. I wanna surrender. And you know, David, when it comes to worship, I think David, he is called in the Bible a man after God's heart. And we all know David didn't have his life altogether. I mean, he did big mistakes, but still he's called a man after God's own heart. And I believe it is because he knew how to worship. And so I think for God, it's probably more important that you know how to worship than how to behave first. So we read. In Psalm 63, the following when it comes to David, You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you, my whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water, I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life. So these are powerful words of David. You know, he says, your love is is more important than life. It's more important than the stuff, that the things that that I can get, that I want to have, like my life. Your love is more important than that. Talking about priorities, David had them right. And then he said, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up. My hands. And maybe you have been coming to this church for a couple of weeks, a month, or years, and you've been thinking, why are people lifting up their arms in worship? Is that kind of a gimmick, something that we're doing because we're doing it? No, this is a sign of surrender. You know, worship is about surrendering to this one God because this God, first and foremost, he wants to know you. He doesn't want to know you. To, to use you first. First he wants to know you. So when we worship like this, we come as we are and we say, God, here I am. Whatever is on your agenda, I'm not going after the one thing. I'm going after the one. Because he's the one, when he made you, There was a big bang in heaven. And every time he looks at you, it bangs everywhere. Don't wait on the big bang that will put you on the map. He has put you on the map already. So I want to tell you this evening, and you have probably heard that a couple of times, but take this truth. You know, who you are is more important than what you do. Who you are is so much more important than what you have. You know, and who you are is more dependent on the one who made you than the things that you are doing. It's so important in this Christmas season. Also, we Christian, you know, we can be trapped in this, God, use me. And then because your first thing is to see God using you, you are measured by the things that you are actually doing. And they're good things, but this will never give you this contentment that comes from knowing and not from the doing. It's such an important thing. You know, when we look in the Bible, in the Old Testament, God used Pharaoh, but in you, Moses. God used Saul, but in you, David. And if you look at the life of these people, they go different ways. You know, when we look at the life of Saul, the first king of Israel, the only thing that was important to him was the worship of the people. Look at me; I'm the tallest. I'm the smartest. And we read somewhere that he was a, a great. Um, he went to war, and he he had killed more than a thousand. So he was he was very dependent on his doing. That gave that made his identity. So the praise of the people was important to Saul. But to David, it was important that people actually became worshippers of God, not worshipping him. So the first thing that David do, did when he became king, he brought the, the, the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. And he made a statement with that. He said, you know, in my kingship, this is the center, is the presence of God. It's not about me. It's not about me. And when we look at that in this episode where David and Saul are working together, we see the difference when someone is going after the one thing, after, after the victories. Then things tend to turn bad when someone comes along who is better than you. So you start to, because that's the thing that defines you. So we read that in 1 Samuel 18, we had David coming back from from a war, and he won great victories for the people of God. And we read there, The woman came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with timbrels and lyres. Oh, my goodness. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain, displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but, but me with only thousands. And you see, he said that they have credited David. Probably Saul, because he was going after his victories, he was counting his victories every night. And then he said, they even got it wrong on that song. I didn't not not just kill thousands, I'm pretty sure I killed 10,000 like David because he was after his victories. And so when you go after your victories, there's things that happen if you go after the one. You know, taking this example of worship that I said at the beginning, What is the big bang when it comes to worship music? We've been dreaming over a couple of years to have our first songs that hits one million streams on Spotify. This is a goal. That is something that we can chase about. And actually, it happened a couple of years ago. All About You, this song, was really like this kind of a bang song. You know, it came out and bang! It made made one million hits on Spotify. And so we were all like... Oh, what's happened? We were like, one million, that's amazing. Uh, is that all it's, this is how a bank is feeling? And sometimes you're you chasing after things, and then actually it happens, and you realize this is not the thing that will make you content. It's just something that makes you happy for a while. And you try, you know, you try with slow motion to, to get this, this feeling a little bit longer oh, bring on the confetti! a bit oh, there's, there's some more confetti's, oh, I can still, oh, the bang is gone. And then because you've been chasing this bang, the bang happens, it's gone, and the other thing that happens, and this is what happens to Saul, you look to your right and you see, there's the guy, he has 10 million streams. His balloon is bigger than mine. Let's chase after this, but I can tell you 10 million, (sighs) it's maybe a little bit louder, but it's still a bang. And so when we chase after the bang, Really. And when we think that the bang will make us content. Not just happy for a while. I mean, I remember we went with the guys and had dinner and we celebrated. And it's good to celebrate. It's not a problem. But what you realize is that if you go after that, then you want more. And there's more. And you always need more because the contentment inside of you will never come from outward things. It's God alone that we would chase after. You know, I just want to say something on a, on, a, on a very personal note tonight. You may have heard that I will leave ICF staff by the end of January. I've been here on staff for 12 years, and I've been involved as, as executive pastor, and I've really loved the journey to be here. And some people ask me, why are you leaving? You know, there's moments where you know that you know, that you know, that God spoke. And to be honest, a year ago when I started feeling that God is bringing something new into my life, I rejected that because I was like, why would I leave something like this? Why? Why would I? Why would I go back into business where I'm coming from? This doesn't make sense. And I wanna just tell you tonight I'm not leaving this church because I'm in anger with the leadership. I'm not leaving this church because I'm frustrated about anything. I'm moving on because God has told me to. And I'm not walking out of my calling. Some people think you're a pastor of one of the biggest churches in Switzerland. You're walking out of your calling, what's happening? You've been here and now you're going back into business That's kind of, you're leaving the kingdom. i mind, mean, give me a break. I'm continuing building his kingdom as a man of God, where God has put me. The last 12 years it was in this church. The next, I don't know how many years, I will build as a man of God in the business. Because I think everywhere where we go, we should go with this vision of building his kingdom. Amen. But what I want to say tonight is, when I realized that God is, is opening a new door, I was like, why would I leave this? And I had my little heart check. Because I was then, suddenly I was confronted with, what, is it the stage that holds you back? And I'll be really honest tonight, you know, I've been standing on this stage for a couple of years, and, you know, sometimes these things can define you, if you're not careful. Because, you know, this stage, wow, great, the first time, the first time I can preach at Samsung Hall. And then you preach, and you walk down, and you think, okay, now, what's next? Conference, maybe? International, traveling, ministry, whatever? Whatever. If you chase the stage, you will always want to go for a bigger stage. And I realized that was my heart check in this moment where I had to say, you know, God, I don't want these things to hold me back because it's not about that. It's not about the one thing. It's not about fame. It's not about people recognizing me and saying, hey, you're a great preacher. No, it's not about that. It's about me as a man of God. I want to chase after the one. And sometimes there's decisions involved that in the first moment, they don't make sense. But I'd rather be in that place. And I want to encourage you, don't chase after the one thing that defines you. Chase after the one. And you know, if you want to see a bang from close, you should be staying close to the one who actually does the bang. The blaster, you call it, you know. I was thinking about David. You know, if there's one guy who wrote the one song, then probably his name is David. Psalm 23. I don't know. It's not counted by streams on Spotify, but it made into the Bible. Hmm? So I think this psalm is the most known psalm. But I think David didn't go with his harp into the wild and thought, God, today is the day. I will write the one song. Give me the melodies. Give me the words. Give me everything that will put me into the Bible with this song. No. David was, was a man of the God's own heart. So when he went into the wild with his harp, he was chasing after God. And so if you want to see a bang happening in your life, The most, the highest probability that you will see it happen is when you stay as close as possible to the blaster. That's what happens. And that's exactly what the Bible tells us in Matthew 6. It says there, what am I trying to do is nothing other than get you finally to go off your worries, to stop constantly trying to get something, achieve something, become something you see this 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 I want to get this there's something driving these people here you know I want to get somewhere I want to be someone I want to I want to experience something people and it continues people who don't know god create problems with all of this who don't know god And it's not about people who don't believe that there's a God somewhere. It talks about people who don't know God. That's what I said a couple of minutes ago. The most important thing in life is that you actually get to know God. Why? Because it says then here, but you know your Father in heaven and you know how much he loves you. Put your life under his loving reign. Leave everything else to his fatherly care. Because if you get to know him, you will know how much he loves you. And you will know that he actually knows exactly what you need and when you need it. You know, when we lift up our hands in worship, it's a sign of surrender. But this sign is also a sign of victory. I mean, if you follow your your soccer team in the stadium and they're they're, they're scoring a goal, you will probably do this. And the cool thing is, you know, in worship to lift up your hands means both. The moment you lift up your hands in surrender before God, you will find your victory in him. You will find your victory in him. So, you know, don't, don't, bother chasing after your victories, chase after God and trust him that he will bring you to the place where you belong. And, you know, to finish up this message, I want to I wanna finish on an honest note, you know. I don't, I'm not the one here telling you that everything that we wish in life will happen. It's just a reality. There are a couple of things in our lives that we are chasing after, that we are longing for, that will maybe never happen. We don't believe in a God who heals, who saves, only if I put some coins into the thing and then everything that I need comes down. We don't just believe in a God who heals. We just believe in God. Full stop. And there are some things in our lives that we will maybe never see happen. But I'll tell you something, our breakthrough might come or it will come later on, not now, maybe much later, but there is a life before the breakthrough. And I'm sick of seeing people living to 80% of their, their possibilities because they're still waiting on the breakthrough. I think that people, we need to understand God wants us to learn to be content with what we have and not just because we get what we want. And I think that Paul, the great apostle Paul gives us a great example of this you know he he, he wrote two-thirds of the new testament i mean he was a great man he did church planting at a very high level he was a great preacher he had but he was not the superhero in his life there were some things that actually were not meant to be and so we read in philippians 4 verses 12 and 13 and know what it is to be in need And I know what it is to have plenty. So we see the Apostle Paul who says, I know both sides. There are things in my life where I feel needy, where, uh, I mean, he had a sickness, some kind of, that that he prayed for, but it stayed, for instance. So that was a need in his life until the end, as we know in the Bible, it didn't go away. So he knew about the need, but he also knew about plenty. So he had his breakthrough, of course, he had both. And now listen to that. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. And you know what the secret is? I can do all this through him who gives me strength. It's not a secret because it says there. It's not a secret anymore because it tells us the secret. I can do all things. And you know, this verse is probably one of the verses that is the most quoted out of context. I can do all things. Yes, I can also do the things that are not really cool. The things where there's need, the things where there's no breakthrough, the things where there's no healing, the things where I'm losing someone who was dear to my heart. I can do all things. I have learned to be content. Why? Because I'm chasing after the one. I'm chasing after the one. And you know, for this Advent season, that's... You know, this might be my last message here. And I was really reflecting on that today, actually. But then I said, you know what? Then this is exactly the message that I want to leave you chase after the one don't chase after the one thing chase after the one learn to worship with outstretched arms getting to know jesus and you will learn to go through all things through his strength and so for the next couple of minutes i want to give you an opportunity We have the cross there, we have some papers, and maybe you've been sitting here over the last couple of minutes and you realize there are some things in your life that you've been chasing after. Maybe long wishes that you have carried with you for years. And I wanna encourage you tonight to, to let it go. Because I believe in the moment where we let Go at the cross, we are open to receive, even if it's something else, but we are ready to receive our bang. So, over the next couple of minutes, if you want, you don't have to, you can stay seated or just continue worshiping with the band. But you can go to the cross, write the things down on a paper, and bring them to the cross and do this exchange at the cross, this exchange of the needs, the expectation with the contentment that comes through Jesus at the cross. Let's do this, okay? And he will sing a song that actually perfectly matches my message and we didn't even plan it, is Psalm 23. That we will hear now. So let's take this moment. I really believe this is a—it's really a holy moment where people, you, this decision, the things that you are letting go, are actually powerful and are significant for also this, this new year that is coming up. Okay, so let's do this together.